0: Warning: You are about to enter a world populated by the most appalling music ever made. Welcome to the search for the worst album of all time. This is Broken Records.
1: i have been forgotten, i do. I've been married a long time ago. Dango. <laughs> <laughs> Love me, a girl with kaleidoscope eyes. <laughs> 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 You're beautiful. Hey, hey, I wanna be a rock star.
0: Hello, welcome to episode fifty-five of Broken Records, the Solo podcast from the Right At Network, where we search for the worst album ever made in the history of music. My name's Stephen Hill, joined by Renfrey Deadman, as ever. Hello. Renfrey. Hello. You have just divulged to me the information that you are delighted this week that we are doing a quote unquote real band after two weeks of madness i'm so
1: gl- absolute carnage <laughs> i'm so glad that you put it that way because i was going to try and put it a slightly different way that didn't sound as uh, pretentious as that on the actual show but yes that is what i said
0: <laughs> i think in this case you've got a cgi frog and a bloke in a pink
1: blobby suit <laughs> it probably I is a for, fair for, thing like, to for once you know yeah
0: yeah, yeah. yeah i think th- <laughs> this is green day are at least they are at least Green Day
1: I think Green Day are a real band and I think if anyone uh, I mean I'm sure some people would say of course they're not a real band as a, as a sort of facetious comment towards them but you know they play stadiums and have done for years so they're a real band end of yeah
0: no offence to Crazy Frog hey thanks for listening to our Crazy <laughs> Frog episode everyone who listened last week uh, it's been quite an incredible response I'm delighted to say Renfrey that unlike Mr. Blobby, who we seem to summon from the depths of hell after our Mr. Blobby episode a couple of weeks back, there seems to be no evidence that Crazy Frog has returned to the fault. Haven't seen him popping up on, you know, towels or at club nights or anything like that, which did happen with Mr. Blobby, so that's good.
1: I haven't seen that. We did actually um, receive a message from uh, one of the Crazy Frog team, uh, a person called Ben. Uh, who thanked us for putting the episode out. Uh, But I could only see... Did we? I didn't see this. I could only see the first part of the message because it came up on my phone on my notifications, but then I think they deleted the message or something like that. So it was a bit strange. I don't know. I don't know what happened there, but apparently... I mean, maybe this is just some deranged, crazy frog fan who uh, was trying to defend... Are there any other kind? (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, quite. <laughs> um, but yeah, we did actually get a message, I think, from the Crazy Frog team, which appeared, didn't to, know that. Uh, appeared to be thanking us for it, which um, mm. made me feel hollow inside.
0: <laughs> well, Crazy Frog didn't reappear. But do you know what? Weirdly, Renfrey did happen in the aftermath of the Crazy Frog episode the other week.
1: Yeah.
0: I was walking down the street, right? And I saw, and I haven't seen him for years, maybe even a decade. I haven't seen him for ages. I saw Darren Sayers, Darren
1: Sayers of, <laughs>
0: like, and I haven't seen Darren
1: Sayers for ages. I thought I recognised that name. Yeah, yeah, Darren <laughs> Just Sayers. Just like
0: yeah. Mr. Just like Mr. Blobby, I summoned Darren Sayers of Car Noise Fame from Overton,
1: and you didn't think to invite him on the show.
0: I didn't. No, no, I didn't. I didn't want to be. I didn't want to be upstaged. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, uh, yeah, I went. He went Stephen, and I went all right, Darren. And he went all right, Stephen. I went yeah, I'm all right. You're right, Darren. He went yeah, you're right, Stephen. And he asked me how I was about five times, and then he went Ree! and then he walked off.
1: Fantastic, that's great. That, that
0: last bit didn't happen, but the first bit did happen. Good.
1: <laughs> um, actually, you've just reminded me. I, I know we've already said this on right at the main show, but again, just to thank everyone for uh, putting together these clips, the the, the 48 second clip of. Uh, of uh, steve making all the noises and stuff and there were a few other bits and pieces from listeners um it, it like uh, that stuff fills our, our hearts with joy and our, our hearts are very rarely filled with joy mainly because we have to do this fucking podcast um but it really <laughs> yeah. it really is so nice when we receive uh i, I suppose uh user generated content or listener generated content that you guys have 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 Put creative endeavors into, and put your time into just to make us and a bunch of other people who listen to the show laugh, and that's a, a really lovely thing. Um, so make
0: make you. me seem really annoying, as well. <laughs> really really annoying. So I appreciate but that.
1: we we really like we we're thrilled when we get stuff like that. So thank you very much, and yeah, please please keep it coming if you are so inclined to do that sort of thing because we love it.
0: You'll be hard pushed to find anything that funny on this week's show, I have to say. Are we going to say, before we get going, all the albums that we feature on this show are compiled from their reputation, from their critical standing, from the fan reaction, from the context surrounding the record, maybe by the band, maybe by something else. Or, I think actually in this case, your suggestion. I'm pretty sure somebody tweeted us and said, this is an album that you should
1: do. I was going to ask, actually. I was going to ask about this one, because... uh... I think originally in our little Google Doc that we have behind the a little peek behind the curtain, we have a Google Doc. Um, I, it was originally Uno Dos Antre, Uh And I believe I said to you, dude, you're not going to want to do three Green Day albums in one week. Uh, and also I, I don't... Um, well, as we, may, as we may or may not get on to. I don't think the entire trilogy is a disaster. In fact, I think there's an argument to say I don't think any of these are a disaster. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I put it down. I, I suggested that we do Trey, which is, in my opinion, the worst of the three. Uh, of this trilogy have you even you haven't even announced who it is yet i'm just talking about no it no sorry. you've <laughs> gone off on a
0: you are on paragraph the third yeah odd? sorry uh, yeah. trey by green day the 11th studio album from the kings of pop punk released on the 7th of december 2012 is what we're going to be doing today before we do that as ever we will run down the flop 20 the 20 worst albums from the 54 albums that we have reviewed on the show thus far it begins at number 20 with Chamber Music by Cole Chamber, followed by The Truth Is by Theory of a Dead Man, Slick Dogs and Ponies by Louis XIV, The Cosmos Rocks by Queen and Paul Rogers, Richard Ashcross, United Nations of Sound, Mr. Blobby, the album, there he is, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band original soundtrack, Eoc and Quig by Eoc and Quigg, Six Feet Under's Graveyard Classics Volume 2, Towers of London's Blood, Sweat and Towers, Hard to Swallow by Vanilla Ice, Cut the Crap by The Clash, Angelic to the Core by Corey Feldman, Philosophy of the World by The Shags, Total Zanarchy by Little Zan, Blood on the Dance Floor's Bad Blood, Methods of Mayhem's Methods of Mayhem, The True Symphonic Orchestra with the Concerto in True Minor, Uncle Cracker Double Wide has been knocked from the second spot by Crazy Hits by the Crazy Frog and still at number one. I mean, I can't imagine... At this point, it's even worth me announcing what's number one because it's been number one for so long. If Crazy Frog can't knock it off number one, I'm struggling to think will Broken Side. I'm not a fan, but the kids like it. Ever be knocked off of the number one spot? Who knows? I don't know that it would. I think we could probably stop this podcast right now, <laughs> forever, and we just there's nothing. I don't believe there's anything in that hat that's worse than this. It's a problem, Renfrew. It is. It, because... it,
1: it's, it's a slight. It's a slight anticlimax. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, because. You know, the element of surprise <laughs> is pretty much gone because nothing can be worse than that, can it? Surely.
1: I mean, look, we haven't done our job until we've listened to every single album in the world so that we can find out what the, <laughs> yeah. the absolute worst record of all time is. Maybe there is.
0: There, there might be something surprising in there that is actually worse than that. But I mean, I've, I struggle to even
1: know what that could be. Mm. You never know. You never know. Mm. It is difficult to imagine, but you never know.
0: Anyway. Trey by Green Day. We all know Green Day, don't we? They were massive. They are massive. Uh, I think for this podcast, we're going to skip the Dookie years um, because
1: we're really not talking about Uh, that are we we're not talking (laughs) about
0: that at all no um i think we're going to skip a little bit beyond the american idiot years as well because Mm -hmm. i have a horrible terrible feeling in my bones that renfrey might one day want to do a classic album on american idiot and fucking love uh, he's nodded his head he's not even not even ashamed which is no the hideous (laughs) thing not even ashamed that you like american idiot
1: it's a great record it's great
0: is it though yeah yeah
1: no, 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 no! Uh, look, I, I, we'll get onto that when we when we do the classic album on it. But yeah, that mm. is a great record.
0: I fear for the day when I am made to listen to American Idiot and <laughs> try and find
1: something good about it. It's yeah. it's the last great Green Day record, I would say.
0: The last great Green Day record. Mm. Well. Okay, <laughs> we have differing opinions. Yeah,
1: you would say oh, it's probably worth saying where we stand on that. So, like, I, I love Green Day. I up to uh, American Idiot more or less, and you go up to sort of Insomniac, Nimrod, Insomniac, era. Insomniac. Not, not even. Nimrod. I,
0: I, I don't even need Nimrod. Okay, I like Dookie and Insomniac. Okay, that's it. And that's it. All right. Fair I think I think I mean it will become apparent as this this podcast goes on. But I think Green Day are quite a bad band, right? At this point,
1: <laughs> okay, all right,
0: yeah. I think a bit like the Red Hot Chili Peppers, who have got a couple of albums that I like and a back catalogue of absolute filth. Yeah, I feel similarly about Green Day. I have to say, okay. I think ninety percent of their output is really quite bad. Oh,
1: crikey! Okay, this is going to be an interesting chat then.
0: Not bad, actually. No, not bad. Um, bad or or average? I'd say sixty percent of their output, output is bad. Thirty mm. percent is average. Ten percent is really good. Okay, that's my sort of thoughts on it. All I reckon right. in the old pie, the Green Day pie chart. But that's for another day. Um, I was done with the, the, with Green Day. I think the thing is is that I was like I say, insomniac. I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And Nimrod, I was a bit like, oh, it's more sort of stuff in it. It's all right. It's fine. It's got a few decent songs on it. Um. And I was, I didn't, I, I kind of thought the singles on warning were all right, but overall I didn't and I don't and I don't really. Ugh. Uh, and then American Idiot came in and they kind of pulled me back in and I was interested in Green Day again uh, because they, because the reviews were so mad. Uh, but again, we're not really talking about that. It was really the follow up to American Idiot, 21st century American breakdown where I just thought I am, <laughs> it's, I love it called... you,
1: it's just called 21st century breakdown. But I love what you've done there because, in my opinion, 21st century breakdown is just a bloated, uh, yeah. o- over-the-top, ridiculously OTT sequel to American Idiot you know yeah but but i did
0: i i did do that accidentally (laughs) but um but yeah i mean i really did think to myself i am never going back to this band right ever ever again and everything i've heard since that record i think is utter fucking rubbish
1: 21st century breakdown was the first green day album that came out whilst i was into the band and like looking forward to green day albums that Uh, that was a disappointment for me because of what I've just said just over bloated uh, a repeat more or less of what they'd done on the previous record but like very much I call it a sequel to American Idiot it's not officially a sequel to American Idiot but I call it that because it feels very much like that it feels like American Idiot Part 2 but bloated to fuckery
0: What's the song on it? What's like the big song in
1: it? The big song
0: on it. Enemy. No your the the enemy. Be-da-de-enemy. It's, no, your... it's just a fucking mess. No you enough. Sounds like yeah. something going <laughs> it's like a.
1: It's just... it's crap. It's no like a fucking No your enemy is crap. Rubbish song. Sounds like the Kaiser Chiefs farting, that song. Oh it's interesting you bring up the Kaiser Chiefs because I think a large problem with latter day Green Day is um this move, they seem to, to be so interested, they seem to have taken a lot of influence from that mid-naughties period of indie that we don't fucking like. T- wearing a t-shirt and a tie. Yeah, that yeah. That was green, ain't it? Yeah.
0: It's this period. People used to wear a t-shirt and a tie and sweatbands. The the noughties, Renfrew. God, I hate the noughties. <laughs> I really fucking hate the noughties. What a shit time. Yeah. It's, it's, what a shit time. It's pretty crap. Yeah. It was fucking crap. Yeah. It was fucking, absolute fucking crap. It's just come off the back of the 90s, which is brilliant. I just, I hate the noughties. I just, I, I, this podcast has made me really realise how bad a time that was for sort of general popular music. Oh, Everything so. we ever mention about how something was big during, like how popular something was during the noughties, whether it's fucking films or music or TV programmes or whatever. Rubbish. Yep. Fucking rubbish. Couldn't I know people anymore. are screaming, What about the wire? Uh, what about. <laughs> and it's like, All right, yeah, yeah, look, I'm not yes. saying it was all absolutely fine. What about coed and Cambria? You're like, Yeah, I know, there was some good stuff. <laughs> we'll give you the happened.
1: wire. Yeah. Yeah, and Cohen and, <laughs> and, 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 Co- yeah, yeah. and,
0: and Cambria. But for the most part, every time you looked at anything during the noughties, it was. It's just awful. Upskirting. X Factor did, Simon Cowell it fucking was it wasn't it did it's Ops horrible getting,
1: a, did that become a thing in the noughties I didn't realise yeah. that oh. yeah that was
0: yeah the, the birth of the worst kind of all the reality TV shit like just awful
1: okay I, 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 don't you
0: remember like don't you remember like wow well, in the 90s they never used to try and take photographs of girls getting into cars from underneath from the from literally from the gutter and that then they had to bring that law in to stop that they should take pictures of people but nasty shit mm. just a shit deco anyway and, and and it's hard not to blame Green Day for all of it really isn't it <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> I think in 2003 everything was fine and then American Idiot came out and I was like oh yeah I mean was nine eleven that bad <laughs> <laughs> like compared with Green Day's recorded output
1: it was. I'm very curious. to hear Your argument for why Green Day are the sole reason for the naughties being crap? But I just sure. hate them. Okay, that's it. I just uh,
0: it's just blind prejudice, Renfrey is what it is.
1: Not the best argument you've ever given. I'm gonna say. I don't. Uh, it's fine.
0: It's fine. <laughs> he wore t-shirts and ties and really thick black eyeliner and sweatbands, mm, mm, mm. like shut up okay yeah anyway uh anyway enough of it enough about that having said that right i haven't heard any of these green day records undos trace haven't heard them but the idea of three green Day albums in a few months i think is an odd one because i would say in the sort of 2010s the last thing the world needed was a new green day album (laughs) so to get three in one it's just a weird weird fucking idea and it never really works out when bands like green day do this because for me they're just they're not interesting enough a band to make three separate albums work it's the same with foo fighters nothing inherently wrong with the foo fighters as a band well actually that's not true there's plenty wrong with them but <laughs> there's nothing wrong with the idea of them doing say a rock album and an acoustic album together mm. like they did on in your honor mm-hmm. that's the album isn't it yes But the idea is never very well executed. The idea of that record is not well executed. And, you know, and to me, like, if Green Day had gone, we're going to do a hardcore album, a rockabilly album, and an acoustic album, then you'd go, well, at least that seems like a sort of vaguely interesting idea on paper. But this just appears to be sort of three slightly different Green Day records, back to back, right? And I know they made, we'll talk about... What Billy Joe said, how different they all were in a minute. But.
1: Yes. But are they? Hmm. 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 Um. Short answer, no. Um. Long. Well, I'll go into the long answer in a minute. I mean, look, just to give a slightly different perspective here, i.e., someone who was still invested in Green Day at this point, um, I was still excited by new music from Green Day at this point because, you know, they released one record, which I thought was not very good and bands are allowed to do that that's absolutely fine so I was still invested in it but when I heard that they were releasing three albums in it was going to be over a six month period it ended up being a five month period for reasons which we'll probably go into even as someone who was still invested in the band I didn't think that was a particularly good idea for Green Day so yes I absolutely agree with you I think the idea was flawed in the first place because I don't know. I don't know if we need like thirty six or thirty seven new songs from Green Day in a five month period. I, you know, I, I, you want quality over quantity, and I think the biggest like there's no massive mystery as to why Uno Doe and Trey are not perceived as a very good period for Green Day. It was just, it was just there was too much material and absolutely no editing going on once whatsoever. It, just to see, it, it appeared as if anything that Billy Joe Armstrong wrote, any idea, any demo, anything, would just go out more or less on these records. Um, I, th- there are actually a couple of songs that are left over from the sessions, so they did write even more then what's on here
0: they released that as an album for record store day like the yeah. leftovers of I was like, fuck me what must that sound like the songs that couldn't get on undo and trey fucking can you imagine oh uh, we pressed record while some guy was carrying a cup of orange squash into the studio and he fell over <laughs> i've gone i've gone way over the top of it and now it's a song like fucking hell well that rubbish
1: that isn't strictly what that album is actually i mean this is another thing another th- thing where you go does anyone need that so that was called demolicious and actually the majority of those songs were the demos for the songs on uno do and trey a couple of the songs on there are the unreleased material uh from those sessions but yeah i mean who needs demos of these songs who needs to hear them in their sort of original form? like yeah i
0: mean i've we turned around we did the white album but i've got behind me the beatles um white album isha demos Yes. We're like, oh, th- this is an interesting thing to have, isn't it? This is an interesting moment in time and an interesting record to look at the genesis and evolution of. This is not that. Yeah, yeah. No one needs to go, oh, I wonder what the original version of fucking 99 Revolution sounded like. <laughs> no, who gives a fuck? But I guess when you're that big, it just doesn't really matter, does it? By 2010, Green Day were pretty much untouchable. They'd done that song with U2. Oh, yeah. Like mm. they those two are huge. They had their own computer game, Rock Band, Green Day, mm-hmm. yeah. where you know having having <laughs> where the people who bought Rock Band games having mastered the work of Metallica and Van Halen now had to struggle. <laughs> now they got the fucking the basics done. They could uh, learn how to play <laughs> fucking basket <Coast>. games. <laughs> like come on. Uh, <laughs> uh, and they had a fucking Broadway musical about American Idiot yeah a broadway musical with with newton faulkner i remember seeing a poster for that in london newton faulkner playing i mean oh, I no wonder they kicked him out of, they kicked him out of gelman street for not for signing to a major label can you imagine what they'd have done to him if they knew this was happening <laughs> it's ridiculous i mean they they were big they were big in the 90s but they were never that big
1: like Broadway
0: musical big, No. they were never that big. No, and they weren't. No.
1: They weren't ever taken seriously enough in the nineties to uh, for anyone to have been able to go. Oh, let's do a musical about your stuff. I mean, uh, for, you know, American Idiot is a concept record and all that sort of stuff, and it has characters in it. It doesn't. I I think American Idiot the musical was the first time for me that Green Day did something where I went. I don't think that's a good idea and to be honest that was a precedent that they'd set for the last sort of 15 years of their career or so mm. but um, it was the first time where i went, no I don't really want to I don't really want to see that personally
0: no is it because you'd seen We Will Rock You
1: I had seen We Will Rock You at that point which is, <laughs> which is fucking dreadful we've spoken about We Will
0: Rock You before so we don't need to go into it again but needless to say We Will Rock You again came out in the noughties <laughs> (laughs) Really bad.
1: Well, neither of us are musical fans, but like, I I mean, I've not seen The American Idiot, the musical, but I've listened to the soundtrack and I don't want sort of OTT, overblown, cheesy versions of the Green Day songs. Got enough
0: of that on the album. (laughs)
1: <laughs> but I mean, it, there was there wasn't that on American Idiot. Like it, it wasn't cheesy. I don't think Twenty uh, First Century Breakdown was very cheesy, and they had songs from that as well. And there were new songs written. Oh, it's just a fucking mess. Just a not a good idea. Hey, sold lots of tickets. Probably made them lots of money. Bloody bloody blah. But I don't think mm. it was a good idea at all.
0: No, I mean American Idiot was their first US Billboard number one album. By the way, mm. so you know, Dookie, Insomniac, Nimrod, Warning i think dookie got number two uh i think insomniac got to number two as well but that was like the best they'd ever done so they were literally this is this becomes the the pinnacle of how big they would get they were an arena band i think in the 90s and they became a stadium band after american idiot and oh yeah that that makes sense that you might lose the plot a little bit right i mean this is a set of albums uh, of, of firsts and lasts, isn't it? Um, this is the last time that long-time producer Rob Cavallo would work with the band. They have since been uh, self-producing. Again, the, um, it's a good <laughs> idea, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> and it's the first time that touring guitarist Jason White would be a full-time member of the band. And the last time that Jason White would be in the band, he is still in the band live though.
1: Yeah. I mean, what's all that about? Jason White's been a touring member of Green Day since late nineties, early noughties. And then mm. for yeah, for this for this trilogy of albums they seem to like go, Oh, well why don't you become an actual member of the band? Mm. And then after this, I don't know, maybe he heard the music came out and went, actually, I'm all right just touring with your lads. <laughs> you know? yeah. Well, I don't
0: know. He, we we will get to when he leaves. But it is funny, isn't it, that he just sort of, yeah, you're in the band now, mate. And he's like, oh, great, cool, I am. And then he's sort of like, oh, I I won't, not in a band anymore. But I will still, I still sort of hang around <laughs> playing guitar
1: i've got i've got nothing against jason white but uh it was kind of a weird sort of he he's he's not a like a rock star person like you no. he he's he's a he's a session guy and and very good at it too but like i don't think any green day fans were clamoring for jason white to be an actual member of the band
0: no um, I didn't even know he existed. So <laughs> there you <until> go. So <laughs> I started doing this. Uh, so they announced a trilogy, uh, this this particular trilogy, via uh, the statement from their record label, Reprise, on the 11th of April, 2012, saying, We are at the most prolific and creative time in our lives. This is the best music we've ever written, and the songs just keep coming. Instead of making one album... We are making a three-album trilogy. Every song has the power and energy that represents Green Day on all emotional levels. We just can't help ourselves. We are going epic as fuck. Narrator, they didn't go epic as fuck. (laughs) Uh, That is a delusional announcement. That is the announcement of deluded middle-aged men with nothing to prove.
1: Uh, It's so far from the reality it is so 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 far from the actual reality of what we got (laughs) to say the least
0: billy joe armstrong has said that each of the albums has its own different vibe which you all know better than me mate to be honest but he says Mm. the first one is power pop the second one is more garagey because those two things are completely different aren't (laughs) they uh nuggets type rock and the third is supposed to be epic with the first album you're getting in the mood to party on the second one you're at the party and the third you're cleaning up the mess well there's a fucking mess to be fair but i mean is that an accurate description of these three
1: records (sighs) well
0: i know it's not to one of them to be honest i mean i don't know the other two but it's certainly not uh does not describe the the feeling of I mean, I hate cleaning up at a party. Uh, after a party, I remember had a party. One of the drums got a massive party in my flat, and everybody—people I didn't even know—came and just destroyed my flat. And the next day, I spent the whole day cleaning up, and I was miserable, I hungover, and miserable. And I hated doing it. So, in that respect, I suppose this album does have a sort of similar vibe to that. <laughs>
1: part of the reason, when we had Uno Dozen Trey in, part of the reason I decided we should just narrow it down to Trey is because of that quote and the fact that this is the furthest away from that statement. To say that this is an epic album, I think there are like two, maybe three songs where you can hear that they were going for that epic feel. But the rest of it sounds like... (laughs) Uh, saying razor light knockoffs is is maybe too harsh because i think billy joe armstrong is a far better songwriter than johnny burrell is
0: yeah he is undoubtedly man i've eaten bits of toast that are better <laughs> than johnny burrell
1: <laughs> yes quite exactly but uh man i mean to say that this has this is an album with an epic feel especially after they did American Idiot and 21st Century Breakdown, both of which, like, uh, I'm not a fan of 21st Century Breakdown, but it feels epic, at least. I mean, it feels too epic, to be honest. It feels bloated and OTT. And American Idiot definitely has an epic sensibility to it. So they are capable of doing it. So if that's what they were going for in this case, they have absolutely not got that. This is probably a good point to say that a lot of people group these, out, you know, obviously group these albums together and just sort of see them as one bloated, long mess. I have to say that I actually really enjoy Doze. I think the second of this trilogy, the quote-unquote party album is by far the best. And it's the last out, al- uh, last Green Day album that I enjoy. I th- I think I said American Idiot was the last great Green Day album, in my opinion. Um, but Doze is the last one that I would bother to put on uh, at any time. And that whole kind of party album feel to it, you can absolutely... Like, I-, I can see that with Doze. It does feel like a party. Which is what, like, Green Day are good at doing that. That's kind of their whole... Vibe and their whole shtick, they are good at that kind of thing. Um, Uno being power pop, I guess so, I can sort of see it, but this album being epic, nah, not really, not at all.
0: <laughs> really, really, not really. Uh, Billy Joe Armstrong, when he gave a preview to some of these songs on Radio One on uh, the Zane Lowe show at the time before any of the albums were released,
1: I remember listening to that live, yeah,
0: wow. Mm. You listening to Radio 1. I know. (laughs) What a normie. Um, (laughs) He played the songs through his iPhone over the radio.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I hate people that play songs out of (laughs) their phones.
1: Well, look, that was considered a very punk rock thing because it was very much against what the uh, label would have wanted them to do. Um, and they were basically, he was just basically putting his iPhone up to the microphone. And oh, mind you like, that next
0: time you're on a bus and you're like, some teenager was playing fucking some like
1: trap beat. I said SoundCloud rapper, and you're like. Rrr. I said that was considered a very punk rock thing to do. I <laughs> yeah. didn't. I didn't say. Yeah. Oh, was... that kid's a punk. <laughs> I, yeah. did, I didn't. Hey, I'm. 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 I'm just rabbiting what uh, other people have said. Usually, you write for rock sound. Um. I, yeah. I mean. I. I. It, it was an amusing interview, from what I recall. I do remember listening to it, but also hearing some of the songs and hearing their enthusiasm for it. And kind of going, I'm not feeling the same enthusiasm that they're feeling for these songs, I have to say, uh, in any way, shape, or form.
0: It it just sounds like a fucking mess. Even them explaining what they think the album is gives me like a fucking migraine. Here it says Trey will be geared more towards stadium rock and will have a more grandiose sound, complete with string arrangements and brass sections the mood of Trey will be reflective and the album will be a mixed bag with sounds fluctuating from the punk rock feel of Duke and insomniac, the experimental elements of Nimrod and warning and fishing, finishing with the stadium rock, rock opera sound taken from American idiot and 21st century breakdown. What? So what you think it's going to sound like all of your albums?
1: Yeah. You'd have to strain very, 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 very hard to hear that. And, um, and you'd have to have an awful lot of goodwill towards Green Day, and I feel like at this point in time, I did have a lot of goodwill towards Green Day, and I'm just just like, no, that is not what it sounds. To be honest, I mean this this sounds like um most of this album. I would say sounds like Warning era Green Day with worse songs.
0: Yeah, I mean Rob Cavallo said they wanted to return to simplicity of Dookie. We also wanted to go pre Dookie, back to our love of 50s and 60s music, close to the bone of rock and roll. You don't hear a gazillion parts. The majority of this is drums, bass, two guitars and vocals. But then Billy Joe stated that Trey would be the most ambitious record of the trilogy. So, which is it?
1: You've got two conflicting views there, haven't you? You've got Rob Cavello yeah. going, it's going to be back to basses, it's going to be stripped back. And then you've got Billy Joe Armstrong going, it's going to be epic, there's going to be horns on it, there's going to be all these sorts of things. And it's just like... It, it feels really really clear that they don't have a clue or they they don't have a sort of um joint idea of where this is actually going and i think you can hear that on the record like it's just no doesn't sound right yeah
0: and you know the experimental elements of nimrod like talking about shit like it's like come on like <laughs> that album's fine but let's you know the It's not fucking Velvet Underground and Nico, is it? Like, let's not pretend like Nimrod is this wildly experimental art rock album like come on now.
1: i think in the world of green i mean i would never de- describe nimrod as an experimental album being kind and i'm going to be kind to a degree because i know you're not um i can understand why within the world of green day that would be considered an experimental album you've got stuff like there's the instrumental surf rock track i can't fucking remember the name of it now and you've got um like really like there's that really really heavy Scuzzy one and stuff, but but even then, I suppose Good Riddance at the time would have been seen as a was quite a bold move for them. But you know, even as someone who really likes that period of Green Day, to call it experimental, I think is very very kind indeed.
0: I mean, even to call Warning experimental is ridiculous. But yeah, I yeah. get like I understand at least I can kind of understand and go well. It, I suppose it's very, it is different from what they were doing yeah. previously. Yeah anyway all of this wasn't really helped by the fact that the build-up to the the records the records themselves coming out uno was released and two days before uno was released billy Armstrong decided to step back from the band and concentrate on helping himself get over a substance abuse addiction nothing funny about that that's not very nice and he should have done that but it did mean that the band not only couldn't really properly promote the record uh they had to cancel a bunch of planned tour dates and festival appearances as well. So that's not really helping with this mammoth project that you're about to undertake. The Forgotten, which is from this album, was released as a single for the Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 2 movie. Mm. Didn't do much to help the uh, the thing at all. Um, and due to the tour cancellation, Trey was released early. It was meant to come out in early 2013, but it was actually pulled forward. Yeah. Uh, Trey Cool said Green Day's drummer We feel bad about uh, We feel bad we have to delay our tour So to make up for it We want to give our fans The music earlier than planned If we couldn't be there To play it for you live The least we could do Is give you the next best thing Well the next best thing uh, Anyway that's not a, <laughs> my idea What the next best thing is Anyway the first two albums Of that trilogy did come out All very close to each other It all happened within a kind of What five, Six Five m- months Five month period Yeah,
1: yeah. It, was pl- it was planned to be six months But it ended up being five months Because of them putting this one forward Yeah
0: yeah, uh, and from, from memory, I do remember kind of Uno coming out and people being like, oh, that's not so good. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a bit of a weird thing. Mm-hmm. It's got a score of 67 out of 100 on Metacritic. Mm-hmm. Uh, DOS has a score of 68 out of 100 mm-hmm. um, on Metacritic, making it the best of the three on this trilogy. This is the worst one, which we'll get into a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, either way, a fairly average score across the board from such a, such a massive band. And I suppose this is, you know, the beginning of that era where you can't really criticise stuff, which would, you know, would now basically like the, the period we currently live in where you're not really meant to <laughs> criticize things
1: you've uh, i'm not sure if you've um, missed this in your research mate or anything like that but um have you do you realize the reason why um billy joe went into rehab
0: well substance abuse
1: yes um but a couple of days previous there was uh, he threw a bit of a, a tantrum i think is a polite way to put it oh was
0: that the one minute one fucking minute thing? yes yeah, absolutely okay,
1: right so two days previous to this green day were playing at the i Heart radio festival green day set was cut supposedly they did actually release a statement saying that it wasn't later on which is all a little bit confusing again confusing conflicting reports and all that sort of thing um, and uh, Billy Armstrong's uh, annoyed by the fact that um, the set has been cut short and he starts going on about how he's been doing this since 19-fucking-88 and he's not Justin Bieber uh, and then proceeds to smash up uh, his guitar Mike D- Mike Dunn, looking on ends up going oh shit I better, I suppose I better smash up my guitar as well and uh, it was all a bit of a mess you remember all of that happening?
0: Yeah I've seen the footage of that many mm-hmm. times mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> he says one fucking minute one fucking minute I'll give you one fucking minute it doesn't really make much sense let me show you one fucking minute Um and smashes his guitar <laughs> uh, and smashes his guitar up uh, I mean you know I, it's weird that because on one hand I suppose you could go well it's quite punk rock to be like we're not conforming to your but you could have just carried on playing right
1: yeah because
0: yeah. that's a divary thing oh I've only got one minute I've been doing this since 1988 it's like yeah but you know you all get set times surely everybody gets times that you know you know how long you're meant to be on, especially with something like that where it's not your show
1: yeah I mean we, we don't the proper the actual circumstances never really come to the surface i don't think of what happens there but like clearly it's all very juvenile and all that sort of thing but it's a bit like why ah, you are throwing your toys out of the pram a little bit to say, I mean, a little bit, quite a lot, to say the least. Uh, and I don't think he came across very well to most people as a result of that. And then, you know, him going to rehab a couple of days later, it all kind of makes sense in lots of ways. So, Yeah, that
0: does make sense. I didn't realise he went to rehab. I didn't actually put two and two together under that um, with, with that thing. But I do remember yeah. that. But yeah, OK, fair enough. Um, so, yeah, obviously he was in a, in a fairly bad way. But um, also the fact that that so much was released in such a short space of time was a problem for the band who obviously weren't touring it. It's a problem for the radio who can't keep up with the amount of singles being released. And a problem for a PR team who don't know how to market and promote an album and then another and then another and then another in such a short space of time. It's a little bit of a mess really, isn't it? Uh, Billy Joe Armstrong, again, um to kind of uh <laughs> i wouldn't say he's throwing his toys out the pram here but he is like it's my way or the highway he said i'm not going to confirm to some consumer speed i believe people want to hear this type of music that people want to hear records that have a story or maybe they don't i have no idea well you know now um <laughs> because well we'll get on to it in a little bit let's get into some of the reviews of the record uh it's currently got a score of 64 out of 100 on metacritic which is not actually that bad i suppose but it is like it's i say terrible. the lowest of the three uh Rolling stone gave it four out of five can't be bothered to read that review the enemy we gave it five out of ten saying second verse same as the first verse the same riff you'll swear you've heard 15 songs earlier the same ticks the same tricks the same final chorus key change you could set your watch by the same lingering disappointment you'll feel by the end of it all Listening to Unos, Dos and Trey back to back, it's difficult to fathom how across a triple disc canvas that offers nothing but room to experiment, Green Day could contrive to record the same album three times with only minor variations between them. And yet that's exactly what they've done. If this trilogy isn't the sound of a band who've run out of ideas, it's certainly the sound of a band who can no longer tell good ideas from bad and spinning out what might have been a strong single album into a trio of average ones surely ranks amongst their worst. Uh, The Guardian gave it three out of five saying the final part of green days album trilogy explains why they didn't dump two-thirds of the songs and make one album of nothing but killer songs even across three discs they couldn't come up with one album of nothing but killer songs that's not to say trey is a turkey Like its predecessors, it's got some pretty good songs, but they never get better than Pretty Good. What's more, some of the stills here are so obvious as to be jaw-dropping, even if the sources are unexpected. The opening Brutal Love is all but a note-for-note recreation of Sam Cooke's Bring It On Home To Me. Missing You takes its bridge from The Who's Mary Ann with a shaky hand. Dirty Rotten Bastards from the refrain of Carmen's Torreoda song Green Day haven't forgotten how to write a tune 99 Revolutions is a blast for all its asinine lyrics but as the trilogy draws to a close you feel Green Day have built nothing more than folly Alt Press said 8th Avenue Serenade sounds like an outtake from warning Drama Cream is a plodding acoustic number that would put an insomniac to sleep the closing track The Forgotten is Armstrong's fully fledged attempt at being John Lennon but the sappy piano ballad is one of the limpest things the trio ever recorded better suited for Elton John than punk rock royalty uh, Um, cussing out and john fucking (laughs) shut up uh all press you morons the av club gave it a c plus saying trey trails off though with its sleepy five minute piano ballad The forgotten which fulfills its title before it's halfway over with their uneven trilogy finally put to bed armstrong and crew have clearly taxed overextended and deflated themselves time to take a bow or maybe a nap spin gave it six out of ten saying the music may be just as strong tight and impeccable but this is a band that have been going at it for more than a quarter of a century after all but there's a lightness missing here a lack of passion even the release itself didn't get much fanfare after getting bumped up a month seemingly just to get it out of the way slant magazine gave it two and a half stars on the whole, when not tedious or embarrassing, the remainder of Trey is simply not up to the task of proving why a third album in three months was necessary. It needed a self-possessed identity to justify its existence based on the strongest moments in the trilogy. It's safe to say Green Day still has enough good ideas for a solid album, but listeners limping with fatigue at the sameness of these three releases might be justified in thinking we've long since heard it all. Uh, Kerrang! I couldn't find the original Kerrang! review, but uh, last year they ranked all of Green Day's albums from best to worst, and it ranked in 12th place the 12th worst album of the band's career um saying in in actually dos was the worst one yeah
1: well that's nonsense
0: yeah uh i wouldn't know uh in the penultimate place we have trey billy joe told q magazine several years after trilogy's release that those records have absolutely no direction to them (laughs) and this is easily the most all over the place of the lot both opening and closing with the gorgeous ballad the 12 track full-length disconcertingly takes in rock operas and a whole lot more in between. It's all just a bit confusing, to be honest. Uh, I went on Google um, just to see if there's any reviews that were interesting at all. Uh, there's a bunch of five-star reviews from fans and stuff, including this one from Jake Keighley last year, who says, By Fassar, my most best grand day I look very, very God, have God one. So that's the sort of person who actually enjoys this record. It became... <laughs> <laughs> it, it became the lowest charting and lowest selling green day album since they signed to a major on both sides of Atlantic going in at number thirteen on the u s billboard chart selling fifty eight thousand copies in its first week, which made it the first uh, sorry the second green day album after dos uh to sell less than a hundred thousand copies in its first week um that's the first time. That they the only other time they had done that yeah. before the pre-Dookie days yeah. went to number thirty-one on the UK album chart. It has sold thus far one hundred and fifty-five thousand copies. Not great, no, for for not, not for a band like of that, that size. No, no. So, uh, with all that in mind, Renfrey, what do you think about Trey by Green Day? <sighs>
1: um overall my overriding thing with trey is that it is an album full of songs that they have done far better throughout their the earlier parts of their career generally um i think the idea of wanting to write a bunch of songs and then get them out blam 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 one after the other That idea was not necessarily a bad one for Green Day in theory at that point in their career, mainly due to the fact that I thought the previous record, 21st Century Broke Down, was so over bloated. But to then kind of go, let's release a a trilogy of albums with, as a lot of those reviews were saying, no sort of clear through line at all. And they seem to try to attribute a through line to it almost after the fact that's very much what it felt like to me you know that they were trying to go oh let's try and put a through line to all of these albums and it f- really falls apart particularly on this record um i just i don't think they are i don't think they went in with any clear ideas at-, at all in terms of that and everything even at its best and i do think there's a cu- i think there's a couple of songs on this record which are actually pretty good. But even those songs are inferior versions of things that they've done in the past, you know? Um, So for example, um, Dirty Rotten Bastards has that multi-part song structure thing, which I think, you know, you may not agree, but I think they pulled off really, really well on Jesus of Suburbia and Homecoming from American Idiot, that kind of Bohemian Rhapsody style thing that Green Day tried to adopt um, around 2004. And, you know, I don't think Dirty Rotten Bastards is a bad song composition really? Really at all. No, not at all. I think it's... Really, I think
0: it's the worst song Green Day have ever written. <laughs> I think it is absolutely fucking dreadful, that song. It, I was going to get to that in a little <clears throat> bit. I think that song totally just... This podcast is completely justified by that single song, which I think is the the singular worst song Green Day have ever recorded. It is fucking awful, that song. Awful. Why? It is just it's just absolutely completely flog it starts like flogging molly's shite the yeah 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 are just all over the fucking place you've got some horrible queen guitar solo in the middle of it mark uh mike mike Dern actually he doesn't well, manages yeah. a second of playing the bass like of going oh that's fairly quickly and putting a bit of shift in i mean it's one of the best examples of a big band trying to write a massive epic song and falling flat on their ass I've ever heard. It is, I think it's absolutely dreadful, this song. A folk-punk, queen, glam-rock, doo-wop song. And none of it is done well. It's just shit. It's fucking five dreadful ideas. Like... Trying to in its circle jerking each other, it's shit. I, Absolutely shit that song.
1: I think I think it's put a lot of uh, it puts a lot of, a lot of what could have been very jarring ideas together and makes them flow very well. We were talking about Poppy on the main show um, last week and uh, her her third album the, the previous album that we reviewed to that we i disagree i disagree we were talking about how she was trying to like put lots of different genres together and it just it just felt really disjointed and didn't really work and i think the way the way that um billy joe makes those songs that those ideas flow is actually very well achieved i mean if you don't like the individual parts itself which is, sounds like is your issue with it then no, no, then no. <laughs> then fine um but I, I i don't actually think that um anyone could sort of sit down and say that compositionally that's a badly written song because it's actually very well put together um i think it might be
0: well put together but it is, <clears throat> it's, it's it's the, the <clears throat> riffs and the tone and the uh, and the ideas like the whole i mean the whole thing whether or not the ideas flow into each other in a slightly less in in a a way that makes the actual flow less jarring Mm. i think is kind of irrelevant when Mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. actual the actual meat of what you're doing Mm -hmm. is so jarring and so bad i mean uh, like i say to 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 start like fucking flogging molly and end like warrant like (laughs) fuck off it's 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 fucking dreadful that song well they dreadful they've
1: certainly pulled like undoubtedly they've certainly pulled off that idea better in the past undoubtedly oh yeah undoubtedly yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: i think rob flynn's pulled that off, <laughs> that idea off better on the fucking last machinehead album
1: <laughs> maybe yeah quite possibly um and i just i i think this is just a, an example i mean isn't this just a massive band's not having anyone around them to say no because as someone who has listened to uno dos Entre, i do agree with a lot of those reviews that actually if they culled the best songs from all three and put them together it's a cliche to say this about double albums and triple albums and all that sort of thing but they could have put together a a really decent follow-up to 21st century breakdown it would it would have been it would have been good you know um but Across these three albums, there is just about, I would say there is just about maybe just under an hour's worth of material that should have been kept. And uh, in total, I think there are 130 minutes, 135 minutes, something like that. And for my money, Trey uh, uh, by far has the most, not even the worst songs. I think there are very few. There's only one song on this album. There's only one song in this album which I think is actually bad. Personally, I is just it the last one. It is the last one. The forgotten, of it is. Schmaltzy, like Green Day. I, Green Day have proved. I mean, I, uh, it's awful. It's awful. This song. I mean,
0: it's I said rap. it's trying to sound like meatloaf, but it sounds like ham roll.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think I think Green Day have proved they can write ballads really well. I think you know, like do you like good riddance time of your life it's
0: quite omnipresent i mean if we're doing the box game sure you never need it goes in box a i don't ever want to hear it again i don't think it's a terrible song yeah i mean i switched seinfeld off early to not hear it do you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) so that tells you something about it really i guess but
1: sure but even even you're acknowledging that like it isn't a bad song it's just overplayed you know i you know and i yeah that's about right i think you know boulevard of broken dreams is a similar sort of it's more of like an epic ballad thing you know they can do those Mm -hmm. ballady songs really really well um but the forgotten is just wet and limp and and yeah there was a review there that said uh it lives up to its name because it's forgettable halfway through like it's 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 really really poor the rest of the album for my money is just for the most part just really meh and and even as i'm listening to it i'm just like this is so i, I i'd say the whole record is pretty forgettable and pretty middle of the road and fairly meh uh, brutal love i think the opening song again tries to do some interesting things i don't mind that okay
0: i don't mind that i think you know we certainly after what we've been listening to over the last few weeks it is a huge improvement when that came on yeah you know, in compared oh God, to like yeah. crazy fro- frog or fucking you know mr blobby's had a, had a farm, whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's certainly an improvement in comparison to Oh, that. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. you know, fifty style ballads, a little bit of brass section. Uh, Green Day, you know, Billy Joe himself has been leaning on this kind of 50s doo wop sweet thing quite a lot over the last few years. It's not a bad opener. I don't think that's a bad opener at all. No, to
1: be fair. it's a brave opener as well because it starts quite ballady and stuff like that. And it's, it's a bit. it because it's unusual it kind of makes you go oh this is a bit of a bit of a weird one to open with but then it builds to something quite epic like that is one of the few times where that epic thing that they're talking about i think they do actually achieve that but it's one of maybe two or three times on this entire record where they do that the majority of the album is very samey, very kind of one-paced, and it's very sort of mid-paced as well. It has that guitar tone, which, when I was talking about the Kaiser Chiefs thing earlier, it's that sort of... Um, Billy Armstrong seems to really be loving this guitar tone, which has a little less distortion, so you can hear individual notes a little bit better. And, you know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that at all, and at the, sound, at the risk of sounding like a basic bitch, who's just like, oh, just turn the distortion up, it sounds... Better that way, you know. um I don't want to. I don't want to like uh, put put this point across from that point of view. But I do think that Green Day songs generally, Billy Joe is is king of writing simple songs. Gen- generally, you know, um, mm. and I and I think that sort of early guitar tone. I, I mean, I I don't want to suggest that bands shouldn't change things up and stuff like that. But the guitar tone that Green Day have utilized generally i'd say more or less since this trilogy of records is one which i just don't think suits billy joe armstrong's songwriting and he continues to use it and i'm not entirely sure why really
0: it doesn't it doesn't suit
1: his it doesn't suit his writing over an entire album i mean actually you could argue you could go back to nimrod and say they started using that guitar tone a bit but when it's mixed up with other guitar, it just, it just, a lot of this album feels like they dialed in a couple of um, tones and then just left it at that. It feels, it feels like they didn't bother changing anything or they didn't, it just, it's all very sane. No,
0: no beats, no Swedish producers, just pure amphetamine rock and roll. I mean, that was fucking embarrassing when you're releasing shit like this. I mean, I think, you know, Missing You is sort of, the second song, it feels like a Green Day. If you could get an app where you type a band in and it would like give you a song that sounds like what that band would sound like, it's like a Green Day song written by an app. Yeah.
1: It's like you,
0: you play American Idiot next to the, your band song creation app.
1: You could actually, and, you and could, that comes out. You could apply that logic to a lot of this trilogy as a whole. You definitely
0: could, yeah. I mean, I think, that you know, there's it. eight. Eighth Avenue Serenade, which starts like it's trying to be like against me. But again, the executions is really bad, really mm. fucking cheap sounding. Mm. And again, yeah, it sounds like one of those sort of awful indie bands that we cover. It's more pigeon detectives than against me by the end. Mm. I think Drama Queen is rubbish. awful.
1: Yeah, Drum Queen is really bad.
0: Some kind of shitty John Walters uh, original soundtrack wannabe song. No teeth, no personality, rubbish. And the lyrics, Daddy's Little Drama Queen is old enough to bleed.
1: Ugh. yeah oh it's disgusting it, it is yeah yeah and, and I, they're going I for think... that beatles piano acoustic kind of thing on yeah, that song and it, it just doesn't sound good
0: crap um x kids a bit better but i think if you whack that on any other green day album pre-american idiot it would be nowhere fucking nowhere it would never get mentioned by anyone ever
1: i do think you're right i think x Kid would have worked perfectly well as an album track on warning is what I would say. I, okay. I, and and I think X-Kid is one of the best songs on this record. I think maybe
0: the most scathing thing I have to say about any of their songs is Sex, Drugs and Violence sounds like a half-decent offspring song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Take that, Green Day. Um... I didn't mind A Little Boy Named Train which is a sort of new wave thing and steals the opening riff from Disorder and Disarray by Rancid just because it reminded me of Rancid and then went a bit new wave Amanda's again completely forgettable Walk Away is not as good as the cast song of the same name (laughs) and then we get 99 Revolutions which seems to be the one when I was looking through all the reviews 99 Revolutions is the one that everyone kept mentioning is the highlight of the record and the reviews Mm. and it's decent to be fair it's all right. if we're getting that excited about that song on this record as the highlight. Exactly. Surely that says something about the overall quality of this record. Exactly. Yes, I it's agree. Not very good. I mean, this is this record as a whole. I mean, yeah, and now ending with the forgotten uh, just I do not know what nonsense was going on in your brain mate. Mm. One minute and give you one minute like fucking awful <laughs> this is crap and it's too much with too many diminishing returns from a band who you know are, like for my money are well past their best well, well past their best I,
1: I, I mean yeah, I can't disagree with that definitely not um I, I, I think I think it says a lot that um Green Day... So they started recording material for these three albums on February 14th, 2012, right? Valentine's Day, how romantic. Um, they announced that they were going to do a trilogy of albums on the April 11th, 2012, but they didn't finish recording until June 26th. So they announced that they were going to do a trilogy of albums before they had finished recording them. And I think that is green days probably that is probably the point where you go well that's the reason why these records are are uh, bang average at best i would say i mean t- it, it, yeah, as like
0: you said it you've you've said it haven't you you've said it now so you've got to do it it's donald trump going i'm gonna build a wall and then you see four bricks <laughs> by the mexican border and you go well i did it
1: Oh, I can't imagine Green Day are going to like being compared to Donald Trump at all. Uh... Well, no, they might not
0: like it at all. But you know,
1: but yeah, I mean, don't... well, don't yeah, well, don't don't announce stuff before it's fucking finished. And like the fact,
0: it's the best, the best record we've ever done. Yeah, oh, is it really? Yeah, it's going to be the best things we've ever done. As,
1: yeah, come on, it's a- a- absolute nonsense. And and again, yeah, it's just it's just screams of not having anyone around them to say no, you know, no, don't do that, that's a bad idea. No, you've got 37 songs there, 12 of them are decent, and actually if you put 12 of them on one record, you'll have something good. But this is, I suppose Uno Does Trey is sort of, this is what happens when a lot of bands do this, in that they write, you know, 30 forty songs for a record, and then narrow it down to the 12 to the twelve best or the fourteen best or whatever mm. this is this is I suppose the interesting thing about this record is it kind of shows you the writing process this is like what what comes out of someone and then they just narrow it down to the best stuff but in, <laughs> in but in this in this particular case, Green Day just decided to not bother to narrow it down. It's like when you it's getting the
0: chicken like my mum used to buy a chicken and she'd boil the bones to make a broth and she would like we'll use every single bit of the chicken to eat like we will you will eat and it's like I don't know that I wanna like suck on boiled bones particularly <laughs> that's not a nice meal for me
1: <laughs> uh, and
0: yeah here we have the boiling of the bones like Green Day I have used every part of the pig yeah, to yeah. eat um, and I don't you know I don't, need, I don't need that. Uh, so we'll work out where to rank this in a minute. Because I think it's a kind of a weird one to know where to rank it. Really, it is but,
1: quite hard, yeah.
0: But we will do that. Um, let's have a look at the little aftermath. Well, obviously, um, after this record, Green Day were dropped and never heard from again. <laughs> Not really. Uh, they haven't <laughs> been affected in any way at all by this fairly average record, uh, have they? They played the Emirates Stadium uh, in London the following summer. Sold 60,000 tickets to one show. 60,000 I mean that is an indication of just how fucking big they've got uh since then they also headline Reading as well but I think it says quite a lot about these records that green day spent most of that year on tour um not playing many of these songs and instead playing dookie in full I mean it's a 20 year anniversary of the album I guess but it's not the best advert for these records that you're having to go back to your 20 year old album to play that in full
1: I actually went to uh Brixton Academy where they played Dookie in full, I think, for the first time. And they basically did that as a warm-up for Reading and Leeds, where they played Dookie in full. And um, certainly, th- they started the set with a bunch of songs from Uno Dostro. They actually started the set with 99 Revolutions, which at that point, I don't think it had been released. And it did feel like a very slow start to the set and then you know they then they started bringing out like welcome to paradise and stuff and people start no uh, well, no no they didn't they started bringing out like uh other uh, like uh, other songs which are more familiar from their from their back catalog um and it started getting getting going you know um because i mean no one, no one was interested like no one was interested and i think it says a lot as well i did actually i looked up every single song on this record individually on setlist fm to see how often they've been played um and i was surprised to learn that every single song on this record has been played once live bar the forgotten which isn't particularly surprising but to give you an idea sex drugs and violence a little boy named train amanda walk away and dirty rotten bastards have all only been played once drama queen's been played three times eighth avenue serenade six missing you seven um and then we get to x kid which is 30 Brutal Love, forty-seven, and then ninety-nine revolutions, which I guess is the big song from this record, sixty-seven times. Fucking hell! But it's not that's quite a lot. It's that—that's a fair amount. But that is a fair amount. But, it, but well, yeah. But in terms, but in terms of taking songs from this out, like what I'm trying to say is they didn't bring the majority of these songs out very often to play them live. They released the best of, um, not long after, I think it was actually after revolution radio came out, but nothing from Trey made it onto that best of very mm. few songs from the, you know, does Trey trilogy made it on there, you know, mm. and for them to come out, yeah, for them to come out with a statement saying, this is our best material. I mean, that is one of the most deluded things.
0: He does it all the fucking time. Mm. Anyway, do you want to hear, I've actually got the set list of your, uh, Green Day Bricks Academy yeah, August 21st on. 2013 Um Blitzkrieg Bok into Good the Bad and the Ugly is a little uh, intro thing mm-hmm. uh, 99 Revolutions it did open with that you're right mm-hmm. Know Your Enemy No you're Enemy So far I'm ready to leave the premises Um <laughs> Stay the Night is that the Eagle Eye Cherry Stay the Night <laughs> Fight the Brick good. Uh, no? Sadly okay. not no. no Uh When Stop When the Red Lights Flash don't know what that that's is from Do- That's from
1: Dose so that's actually quite good that song
0: don't know that. Letterbomb, don't it's know that. From
1: American Idiot.
0: Oh right, yeah. Gosh can remember. Holiday, obviously I know American what that idiot. is. Boulevard of Broken American Dreams.
1: Idiot. Yeah. Let yourself go. That's from that I think that's from Uno. It's quite annoying mm-hmm. that self. It goes, let yourself go, let yourself go, let yourself go. <laughs> it's kind it's kind of amazing that I can even remember how it goes, but yeah, it's, it's fucking yeah. annoying. Oh,
0: uh, wake me up when September ends
1: Oh, that is a stinking song
0: um, and then they do Dookie in yeah. full look at that Burnout how a blast champ, long view working a paradise pulling teeth Basket case. she Sassafass roots when I come around come and clean Eminus sleepers in the end FOD nice uh, St. Jimmy don't mm-hmm. need that waiting minority hmm Fine, American idiot. Oh, Jesus Suburbia. Oh God, you spent all that time standing and watching Green Day, and you got they fucking play Jesus Suburbia twenty eighth of a fucking thirty song set list. Uh, I was was happy. (laughs) Brutal Love, Good Riddance. That might be the worst encore in the history of encores. American Idiot, Jesus of Urbia, Brutal Love, don't even know what Brutal Love is? And Good Riddance, Brut- him sitting there playing an the guitar.
1: <laughs> I love the fact that you say you don't know what Brutal Love is. It's the first song on this album that we're talking about, Steve. Oh, right.
0: Okay, yeah. <laughs> I've forgotten what it's called. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. I mean, well, there you go. Like, I can't remember what all the songs are called. Yeah. Brutal Love. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I just looked at it and thought, I don't recognise that. But then I suppose I had only really paid attention to this album like three days ago. Yes. And uh, it's already gone... Out of my brain. Uh, anyway, yeah, that's a bad encore. That fucking hell.
1: Oh, I, I mean, I, I I loved that encore. Jesus Suburbia is one of my favorite Green Day songs. Uh, as we were discussing the, the long episode. one, the post
0: rock one is it? The post
1: rock one, mate. Yeah, the yeah. post rock one. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, standing by my brand as as always. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, that was. I mean, about
0: are too long. Do you know? <laughs> is your brand <laughs>
1: too long? Is my brand? Do you know? What I, <laughs> yeah. I, do you know what I will say about that show? Even though it was Dookie and full, which was I, which I was fucking you know and also at that at that point we didn't know they were going to play dookie in full so billy Armstrong brought out his oh, god <laughs> so billy Armstrong, brought but you
0: just went to see green day god
1: i like green day steve i like i, I particularly like green day like i mean oh, i don't like i like green... i do, I, lo- I love green day live uh, there are points where I usually go to the toilet because I'm like, okay, you're doing your cover of shout now, and then you're going like for fucking. 10 I minutes. saw them.
0: At, I saw them at. Um, well, mainly to see rancid, but I went to the the high Park show a couple of years ago. Right. I, I watched about half an hour of Green Day, and I was like, I can't.
1: <laughs> um But uh when Billy Joe Armstrong came on with that, like baby blue Strat or Stratcaster or Strat guitar whatever it was, it's got loads of stickers on it the, the guitar from the Dookie era and it came up yeah. and he said uh, something like 19 years ago or 20 years ago we released an album called Dookie and we're going to play the whole song for you I so, I remember so, uh, we're going to play the whole album for you I remember so clearly just basically losing my shit but I have to admit, like halfway through them playing Dookie in full, which I should have been super super excited about the energy had just been sapped away like there was there was it was clear there was shit going on and that like that should have been i look at that young
0: people renfrey yeah stupid young people wearing do you know what fucking ties with bats on (laughs) who like american idiot who don't know what it is that's what it's stupid idiot noughties young people i mean teenagers in the noughties scum (laughs) The worst kind of scum. That's what it was. I mean, I I wasn't there, but I'm guessing.
1: I'm going to put that a little bit uh, more kindly in that, uh, yes, there were a lot of people who had clearly got into them since American Idiot who, I don't know, from like Welcome to Paradise onwards were just sort of fucking looking at their phones and... Instagramming themselves or whatever, if that was even a fucking thing at the time. And and the atmosphere just like dropped completely. And it was it was it was strange. It for something that I should have been absolutely uh adoring. It was like a really weird kind of vibe and atmosphere. It was not good. Yeah.
0: Can't sound surprised. Anyway, uh in two thousand fifteen, Green Day were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame by Fallout Boy. (laughs) oh oh, oh, don't need to see that um pretty sure they didn't play anything from this album during that performance uh they released revolution radio in 2016 where billy joe armstrong said he was going to kill pop punk by releasing a really bad record and pop punk decided to kill itself anyway (laughs) uh rather than let him kill it it was self-produced and jason white decided to go back to just being a touring member of the band um amazing he'd rather just sit in the background than actually be involved with a piece of shit like revolution radio and then only last year they released the Riot Act-reviewed Father of All Motherfuckers in 2020, which I believe to be the worst Green Day record that I personally have heard. I think it's the worst album of their career. A genuinely embarrassing, reprehensible record,
1: I think. Um, motherfuckers. As someone who's heard all of them, yes, I would say it probably is the worst record. Yep. It's just the most phoned in piece of nonsense. It's fun. I mean, arguably, probably should be here rather than Trey.
0: I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think it is purely just because we started this around the time the album came out yeah. and we'd reviewed it on Ryak, so it's not in here. But yeah. I, I will definitely say, Father of All Motherfuckers is definitely worse than Trey.
1: I think it is. Yeah.
0: I think so. Um, COVID came along, saving us from having to watch them sharing Sage with Weezer <laughs> and Fallout Boy, So, something to be thankful <laughs> for the COVID 19 pandemic. And this remains. The lowest-charting Green album since they signed to a major label, and yeah. um, although with a, with an eight-year head start and a global pandemic, it has still managed to sell more than Father of All Motherfuckers. Oh, has it? So that's good. Okay, well
1: done. I mean, I mean that that is down to releasing three records in five months isn't it like that's that's just that's just a stupid thing you could be the biggest fucking band of the world that's just not that's not a wise marketing move at all because it's just too much at too much all at the same time and by the time this record came out people like even people who were invested in green Day were just bored of it you know Mm. I like. I very reluctantly bought this album. I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna get it." But did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mad yeah, fucking, you're yeah. Mad. Well, there you go. I obviously had a lot more disposable income in 2012 <laughs> <laughs> now because yeah. I wouldn't fucking buy Not it me. now. I could
0: be, I could be fucking Jeff Bezos, and I wouldn't have enough disposable <laughs> income to spend money on
1: this piece of shit. <laughs> well, I'll, um, I'll tell you this. Um, I'll
0: fucking make a, a rocket shaped like a cock. Yeah, sure. <laughs> But I'm not buying Trey <laughs> by fucking Green Day, no.
1: When I put it on the other day to listen to it for this, was that was the second time I'd heard this album in full. So that says it all, doesn't it?
0: Wow. Uh, okay, well, we got to rank it. Let's rank mm. it and get out of here. Um, I don't really know, because the thing is, like, I obviously don't like Green Day mm. as a band. I don't like them as... I don't feel like I like... I just don't like them as a band. Yeah. Um, which is weird because I used to, re- you know, like I say, Dookie and, and Insomniac. I really, really like them, so I don't like think they're bad people, but I do think they're sh- I think I think they make imp- impossibly bad decisions, and it seems to be working out for them. So what the fuck do I know? But i think they're too big to yeah, fail
1: they're too big to fail now that that's
0: they're too big to fail they've
1: made a lot of they've made a lot of rubbish decisions in the last 10 to 15 years undoubtedly <laughs> like that is uh, i think the biggest green day fan in the world would find it really difficult to defend that um but they're you know since their sort of resurgence with american idiot they are just too big to fail now
0: they are and i think this album is like totally fucking bang average i mean it's yeah. a six it's not it's not even shit it's just bang average like that it's is a is six out of, yeah. it's a six out of ten and the things that drag it down to a six are appalling i mean i think the two songs that i mentioned that i i really really hate them being the forgotten and dirty rotten bastards are as bad as anything they have or ever will release they are really really dire songs dire um by anybody's standards let alone a fucking stadium rock band standards Mm. but i can't really get too angsty about this as a piece of music i think it's arrogant folly on their part to release three albums in the space of five months i think it shows a total lack of self-awareness on their part to release everything that they basically recorded i think They're not as good songwriters as they obviously think they are. And it's been proven time and time and time and time and time again over the last 20 years that Billy J Armstrong for all this, like, Oh, he's a genius, simple songwriter. Well, he might have used to have been, but he's not anymore. And he's not here because there's hardly anything that you would even call a a pretty good song on this record. There's just lots of bang average songs. I haven't seen...
1: Even even as someone who sticks up for Green Day and Billy Joe, I haven't seen that genius simplicity in his songwriting for a very, very long time.
0: Yeah. And I think this album is perfectly acceptable just being played in the background. Perfectly fine. Like, it's not going to really upset you that much. It's not going to make you go, oh, what? At any point, apart from the times when I've said about it. But I do just think Green Day and his mouth... I just don't like Green Day I just don't like Green Day so where do we put it I don't know I mean I like them more than I like Puddle of Mud and Razor Light to be fair but I'm sort of looking around the I mean, it's arguably even better than what The by Black Flag because that is this hasn't shat on Green Day's legacy, has it?
1: No, I th- I think it's definitely better than what The. I'm I'm looking. I'm only looking. I'm glad that you're looking roughly around there because um, I thought there might be a massive, massive gap between where we were looking, and and it's a very small gap. I was actually looking sort of Pink Floyd, Limp Bizkit. So Pink Floyd and Montgomery, Limp Bizkit results may vary. This does feel like... I mean, you know, Limp Bizkit, another big band who released that... And, and, and I suppose this is a good example in a sense because Limp Bizkit, a band that you do like and I don't particularly, but we both agree that album's not very good. I like Green Day. I think that's
0: worse... I think results may vary. I think is a worse album than this. To be perfectly honest.
1: Well, uh, I, I, th- I think I do. I think I do too. Even, even you know, taking my feelings about Limp Bizkit aside, I think I think it probably is. Um Umaguma, I-, I think I-, I, I, I actually think I would take Umaguma over this. I- it's self indulgent in the same way that well not even in the same way though you know does is self indulgent but they are both self indulgent works undoubtedly um but umaguma had like it had it had one track which was actually quite good on it didn't it didn't it or well, there's a few little bits
0: there right. I, mean, I don't know how
1: results may vary have got
0: it's got above that to
1: be honest wow well, I, I mean there's
0: a few things that i look at and I go how the fuck did that happen surely umaguma is better than results may vary cuz results may vary is really
1: bad maybe it is really bad i think maybe i mean the thing is is the bad stuff on a Mugama is is really awful isn't it like it's really pretentious and really yeah. i mean you know the bad stuff of results may vary at least it's not pretentious and up itself i suppose so maybe it's something like that yeah, but but
0: it's really sort of stupid and just really really stupid Yeah. i mean i would i would i would put this just behind results may vary is it better than primitive cool by mick jagger that's at least funny isn't it yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> at least that's funny yeah um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, yeah I mean personally I think between Results May vary by Lip Biscuit and Primitive Cool by Mick Jagger feels like about right I mean is it better than Van Halen 3 I think there's kind of kernels of ideas on Van Halen 3 Black and White Rainbows by Bush there's not really a lot of you don't go into that thinking that much about it it didn't really matter at all Melodia of Either Vines is just kind of boring mm-hmm. there's nothing really hateful hate field on it it's just kind of boring mm. rotation by q is what we aim for again just really boring just a boring pop punk record and tin machine too Th-
1: this certainly seems like a good sort of boring yeah this certainly seems like a good area for it because um there's a lot of like just meh i mean Bla- black and white rainbows by bush just strikes me as very meh. you know just a really poor version of bush basically and this is a very version of Green Day, isn't it? So you know, um, mm-hmm. when you said um, when you said uh, behind results may vary di- between Mick Jagger and Limp Biscuit, did you mean that, or did you mean between Limp Bizkit and Pink Floyd?
0: No, I meant between Limp Bizkit because I think this, I think results may vary is, be- is worse than this.
1: Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: So between Mick Jagger, I think Mick, I think Mick Jagger might be slightly better than this. I think by memory. Mm. I don't think there's anything there was nothing on the Mick Jagger album where I was like oh my god this is atrocious Mm. and I think there are a couple of songs on this album that are atrocious but for the most part it's just very very average I think there are at least half of results may vary is Dirk genuinely atrocious it's got all of their worst songs on it and it fucking killed their career this did, did fuck all to Green Day's career. Mm. It fucking killed Limp Biscuit's career. Completely mm. killed it, and it was a disaster. Whereas this wasn't really a sort of, com- although it's their lowest charting record and all this kind of stuff. It's not. Re- it doesn't really matter. No, no not really cares. They're still going to sell a fucking million copies of American Idiot between now and the end of time, and they're still going to, you know, play to a hundred thousand people a night. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Exactly. Really.
1: Exactly. This is some. Um, uh Green Day's lowest uh, ranked record on Metacritic as well, except for Shenanigans. Mm. But Shenanigans was kind of a B sides and odd, odd yeah. season rarities. So I'm not actually going to count that. But uh, but no, it didn't didn't affect them at all. I mean, Father of All Motherfuckers should be way. <laughs> should should be ranked way below this, and amazingly has a score of sixty eight to Trey's sixty four. I don't know how that's the mental. fuck that happened. Probably Crang's fault. Uh, who seems to just <laughs> who's just <laughs> give it five. Who just seem to forgive Green Day fucking everything at the moment these days. But um, yeah, uh, I, I I think that's a really good good spot for it. I thought we'd uh, that that'd be number thirty five between Limp Bizkit and mm-hmm. Mick Jagger. I thought we were going to have a bit more of a fight about it than that. But no, I I, no, agree, no, I agree entirely.
0: I, I, i i I do not like Green Day as a band. I do not like the way they conduct themselves particularly and I don't like their bad records either but I mean I'm not fucking do you know what i mean i'm not i'm not i've got to try and be uh
1: oh my
0: lordy lord i've just pulled the next album out. i was just trying to come up with something but i pulled the, uh, the out of the hat and renfrey you're going to be delighted and i tell you what we're on a bit of a hot streak because green day although this hasn't been the most fa- fascinating green day record mm. it's happened guns and roses <gasps> chinese democracy by guns and roses has just come out of the hat yes. so Good luck getting that above one hot minute, Renfrew, Is what I'm going to say. Good fucking luck getting that above one hot minute.
1: Well, it's meant to. It's meant to be above above the darkness, which you promised me. Well, yes,
0: I I did, but then you have vetoed that by disrespecting one hot minute. So all bets are off, unfortunately. Fucking hell! But if you think that's getting above one hot minute, that's going below Liz Fair and Babylon Zoo now because of what you did. Um... It's next week. Chinese? This is a bit, that'd be a big one. Yeah. Chinese Democracy by Guns N' Roses yeah. uh, will be on the show next week. Thanks very much for listening. We'll be back to talk about that. Probably with some sort of guest because it is a, a big one. Apologies if it goes out late. Might put it out seven years late. <laughs> uh, but we'll be back next week with that. All right, lovely. Thanks very much for listening. We'll see you next week. Goodbye.